BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. We're now on Red Circle instead of Podbean as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Spotify and more. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Plenty of content you're missing if you are not. FiveReasonsSports.com, spell that one out. We do not have a paywall. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, including our friend Mark Brown. You can find him at MARCBrownPA.com. That's MarkBrownPA.com. He's based in North Lauderdale, but he can help you anywhere here in South Florida. And what he can help you do is get an estate plan. If you have a family, young, old, whatever, you need an estate plan. Make sure your money is going to the right person or people. If something happens to you, we know unexpected things happen in life. Mark can go through all the forms with you. It's not expensive. He's also a huge Miami Heat and Miami Dolphins fan. He's just a really nice guy. He's got a great office there. He has helped me with my real estate closings. He's got a title company right there in-house. And he also set up an estate plan so that my daughter is taken care of in case something happens to me. Reach out 954-566-5678. Again, that's 954-566-5678. Again, it's markbrownpa.com. And now, today's episode. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I got Brady Hawk. You can follow him at BradyHawk305. Make sure to check out his content from practice the other day on that Twitter account. Also, make sure you subscribe to Off the Floor. That's our subscriber feed. We're doing Q&As there every day. Me, Greg, Alex, and Brady, we're switching off doing exclusive Q&As. Communicate with us directly as well as a lot of behind-the-scenes content. It's only $3.05 per month. I put it up on the top of the Five Reasons Sports Twitter account. So if you look at my pinned tweet, you'll find out how to subscribe, and it's easy. All right, last episode, I've actually done some solo episodes lately. So with Greg... We sat down and went through kind of where the Heat are in this build. So make sure you check that out. With Alex, we went through the offense. How good are the Heat going to be offensively? Who's the key to that? Where are they going to rank? All of that stuff. That's already up on the feed. And now today, Brady and I are going to tap into the defense. And here's the key thing on this. 
The Heat have leaned into offense, but they're not going to get away from their defensive principles. The idea of leaning into offense is that they can get guys to play good defense, or at least they can hide guys in the defense. So the guys who are not great defenders, they'll make sure that they are not exposed like they would be on some other teams. And so that's why they're leaning into offense. The offense part is harder. The defense for this organization comes naturally. And they've added some other guys who may be good defenders, but they've also added some like Jovic, who are going to take some time on that end. Yurt, who may get minutes, who's going to take some time on that end. And obviously they've got Tyler Hero moving into the starting lineup. That seems a, a, a reality at this point, something that we've anticipated for a long time. And so that changes the dynamic on defense, as does the insertion of Caleb Martin instead of P.J. Tucker. So we'll get into some of the specifics of that, but let's just go through it. Let's just start and then we'll work back. I'm going to go the opposite way that I did from Alex Brady. On paper, in your view, is this a top 10 defense this season? Definitely. I think it's like looking at it, I feel like the offensive stuff, when you talk about losing P.J., it opens up the playbook. And obviously when you're talking about the defensive side of things, losing P.J., like you were just saying, it, it kind of drops a little bit. Um, but this was a top five defense last season, um, and they were top three in the playoffs, Like especially when things start going into the half court little by little uh, in the postseason. They're at much better. But as significant, I guess, as P.J. was them being a top five defense, I think Spo and the coaching staff is just much more significant. Like when I think about you were talking about the principles of what they do defensively and just always being good on that end. I just feel like what they can do with different schemes, different years with different personnel uh, just allows me to really believe that they're going to be the top five defense. The thing that strikes me a little bit differently, yes, PJ Tucker was probably six, five, but the rebounding is more of the the issue. I think here when people talk, or when you're talking about that end of the floor, are they going to be able to, if they're switching, are they going to be able to box out, get a bunch of boards? That's a little bit questionable, but when we're talking about specifically defense and defensive rating, getting stops, doing things of that nature, I think they're definitely going to be kind of in that range, especially, I know we're going to get into specifics, but I think the bench lineup has a little bit of versatility, I guess, in the backcourt compared to the starting lineup who has kind of less in the backcourt, but more in the frontcourt. Like it's kind of just one way and the other kind of with lineups, but they're going to mix things in and out anyway. But uh, even with them losing PJ, even with them, kind of leaning offense, I still look at this roster and I look at the things that they've done and I say, there's so much they can do, I guess, defensively, like versatility-wise and things they can change up and things they can shift and still keeping their principles that I guess we'll get into in in, uh, a little bit here. But this is still a SPO thing. This isn't a PJ defense. This was a SPO defense. And more importantly, this is a Bam Adebayo defense. He's probably the best defender in this league. Uh, So when you have him at the helm, it's kind of easy, I guess, either way to form things around him. Let's look at the starting lineup specifically, and then we'll get into um, some of the players individually. Although, obviously, talking about the starting lineup in general, we will touch on individual players. You're taking out Duncan Robinson from the start of last year and Max Struess from the end of last year. You're inserting Tyler Hero. You're replacing P.J. Tucker, most likely, with Caleb Martin. Lowry is back, hopefully in better shape. Again, He looks a little bit better, remains to be seen as the season goes on. Uh, Jimmy seems the same. Bam seems the same. Okay. So we just, again, the starting lineup, not Oladipo, not Vincent, not Deadman or Yurt or, you know, Struess or or Robinson. Uh, When you look at the starting lineup, I guess here's the question. How do they hide Tyler Hero? 
with this group? And do they need to? Because he'll tell you they don't. He'll tell you he was a good defender last year. Uh, the metrics on this are kind of all over the place. But what the eye test tells you that he was hunted at times last season. I mean, Tyrese Maxey running, you know, them running six straight pick and rolls for Tyrese Maxey down the stretch of Philadelphia when they didn't have Embiid or, or uh, they didn't have Embiid or Harden. I was at that game. What, like, how do, how do they get around him being a liability in the starting lineup? Or do you think he won't be? I think you have to hide him at the end of games when you're closing games. That's when Tyrese Maxey really started attacking him in that way. Starting games, I'm not as worried. Like, I think, Comparing him to Duncan Robinson, I think I feel more comfortable with Tyler defensively than where that you felt Duncan last season at the start. And I don't really think they were hiding Duncan in a lot of ways. Like, yes, teams were attacking him. Yes, he got three fouls in the first four minutes every game. But they were not really hiding him. Uh, for example, when you're talking about the starting lineup, I was looking at kind of, I guess, the projected starting lineup for the Bulls tomorrow night. And it's going to be Io DeSumo at the point guard, probably Levine DeRozan. I think they were saying Javante Green will start at the four. And then Vucevic. I there's some ways I think you probably put Tyler on Javante green because he's less of a creator. He's still only six, five. So there's ways, I guess, in a lot of these lineups where you can hide him, I guess, because uh, with this matchup specifically, you put Jimmy under Rosen, you put Bam on Vucevic. You could probably switch it because I think back to last year's Chicago matchup when uh, Jimmy just kind of locked up Vucevic in the post for some reason, like they kept trying to get to it and nothing was generated in that way. Uh, And that way, you still have Caleb Martin, who, yes, is your four. But the reason why they say it's positionless is because Caleb Martin is probably regarding Levine on a lot of possessions. So they're going to move stuff all over the place with this starting lineup. So I don't know if I'll say they're going to hide him, but I think it's you're, you want to put him off the ball as much as possible. You want him being able to hedge over uh, and not being, like you just said, attacked over and over on the ball. You want him being making decisions off the ball. In the preseason so far, he's made a lot of good decisions off ball. Like I keep how many times he's made a deflection going out of bounds he keeps jumping passing lanes in that way that uh, put him on kind of like the non-creator on the floor and let him do that type of stuff. Uh, but the way this gets, I guess, kind of problematic in your way when you're talking about attacking him is because they are smaller, I guess, in, in the starting lineup. They're, they're smaller in general that when you want to put him, let's say, on an Io DeSumo, you really can't because you have Kyle Lowry that has to guard him and you're not moving Kyle Lowry all, all over the place. So there's a little less you could do there. Uh but then it still comes back to the fact that even if they're attacking him, one of the principles on this defensive team that I know they're going to get to, especially even starting tomorrow, is if they see Tyler, let's say, guarding Zach Levine, they're doubling and they're rotating. Like, there's no other way about around it. Like, no matter if they feel comfortable with Tyler or not, as, as even if Tyler feels comfortable or not, that is what they're going to do. They're going to send two to that guy, force him to get the ball out of his hands, and they're going to rely on their on their kind of rotations. I was saying in the preseason, when they were running lineups with, with Jovic and, and – uh, Drew Smith and Jamal Kane and all these guys, their rotations were so crisp. Like they just know how to do that stuff defensively because it's all they kind of go through in practices that they have to be kind of on a string. They were on a string defensively in the preseason. Now you're talking about a starting lineup that's kind of going to be kind of the main portion of this team to start the year. I have confidence that they'll be able to have those type of rotations. So I'm not really worried, I guess, about Tyler, at least to start games, the finish games, that could get where it gets a little bit harder because you don't really want to fully double off your guy kind of in crunch time when it really matters. All right. So let's go to the front court now and Caleb Martin sliding in for PJ Tucker. I don't know that this is going to be permanent, but I do know that the team is committed to it for the start of the regular season. At least this is not like a Mo Harkless slash Myers Leonard situation where they're rotating guys in. I, I think that Caleb Martin is going to be a starter here 
at least until a move is made, okay, or until somebody like Jovic presents himself in a way that they have to put him out there. I don't think it's going to be, again, switching between your and Caleb, like the plan was to switch between Leonard and uh, I think and Harkless. I think they've learned their lesson from that, okay? And I that also hurt Tyler, if you remember. The last time that Tyler was a starter, people forget he was a starter two seasons ago. And it lasted for 10 games and that's it. And they want to give him a better chance with a more cohesive group here. So, but let's get to Kayla Martin because we mentioned rebounding, rebounding ties in with defense. If you can't finish a possession and this is going to frustrate Heat fans at times this year, if you can't finish a possession, they're getting extra shots. Uh, then that is part of your defense that hurts your defense ultimately. So how does that tie in? How, how do they, again, rebound, guard, rebound, defend, and then what I think they're going to need to do is is once they get the rebound, they're going to need to get out and push, at least get into some early offense at times. So how does that happen with Caleb Martin instead of P.J. Tucker? I think the main thing is they're still going to be a switching team. Like they still are. You have Bam out of bio sitting there. And as much as people hate seeing Bam on the perimeter and uh, Tyler Hero boxing out down low, uh, that's what they're going to do because it works for them. But the thing is, I think you as what we talk about PJ Tucker and his size in general. Shout out to Alex with his, with acreage. Uh, he was a good, he was a decent rebounder just because of his ability to box out. They're going to have to play more drop this season. Like I really believe that. I think they're going to have to do it. Like we, they do it obviously with Deadman and O'Mayor because obviously you can't switch those guys out. But play more drop with Ben because we talk about him being a versatile defender, and when we think of that, we think about his ability to switch out. But part of that versatility is he's an elite drop defender as well because he could contain at a high level. He can move his feet. I still think about on par with them playing Chicago tomorrow, the, the game last season against Chicago where he was kind of playing in that pick and roll, guarding the ball handler, does a 360 turn and ends up blocking the lob pass. Like that stuff is the stuff you'll see for Bam out of bio and drop. Uh, and the reason I bring up the drop coverage is because that's less of Bam on the perimeter and more of him on the interior, be able to get some rebounds. Uh, and do things of that nature. So I don't know if it's more on Caleb Martin. I think it's going to be everybody. I think it has to be by committee the way they're going to have to rebound. But I just think there's that have to be less reliance on kind of just Bam being on the perimeter, I guess, time after time, just when, especially when it starts happening and they're not getting boards over and over again. So uh, it'll be interesting how they go about it. I think when you bring up Caleb Martin, uh, we think about last season where he went on like a, a – point guard defensive tour where every game he was just guarding the, the best point guard, the starting point guard on their team and mocking them up. Uh, he put on a little bit of size this off season. I think you're going to need him. The difference was PJ could size up. The question is, can Caleb Martin size up? Uh, I think we're going to find that, that out pretty quickly, but we had a pretty good test the other night when he was guarding Zion and he held his own. He had a block mm -hmm. early. He, he seemed like when they were trying to go at him down low, he was just really holding his own, I guess, in the post. Uh, if he's able to do that to some degree, because I still don't think that it'll be able to do that. If, if they switch and he's guarding a five, no, he's not gonna be able to stop them consistently, but can he do it enough? Cause PJ did it enough. Uh, that'll be the question. I think there, there is a possibility he can when there's still versatility with Caleb, but like you said, the rebound is the big thing. And I feel like drop coverage is going to be the answer. A lot of nights. All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to get into some more specific players and also, touch on the bench as we go forward and kind of how this fits in with the offense. That's the other thing I want to talk to Brady about here. Before we do, we got a couple sponsors. We want to tell you about our fantasy sponsor. We always tell you about this one. It's prize picks. It's time. Everybody NBA season is here. We're going to be doing prize picks on five pregame show before floor. We'll be giving you our prize picks every night. 
Do we like Jimmy on the over, on the under, bam, et cetera? Use the code five, F-I-V-E. You don't want to be left out. You want to play plus. They give you free money. They'll give you up to $100 free to play. There's no rollover, no rollover, okay? So that means that you're not going through circles. You don't have to place 20 bets to get your money. They're literally giving you the money to play the first time, okay? So just go to Prize Picks. Google Play Store, Apple App Store, prizepicks.com. Use the code 5FIVE. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. And our betting partner is Better Edge. That's B E T T O R Edge, E D G E.com backslash five reasons. Or just go to betteredge.com. Use the code 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN. You get $20 to play there. This is peer to peer betting, just like prize picks. It's legal in the state of Florida. You know, this isn't offshore. You're not getting money orders in the mail. You don't need to show a bunch of IDs and proof and all that stuff. Literally, you will get your money to be able to play. So go to Better Edge. You're betting against other players on there, not against the book. It's like betting against your friends. Better Edge, B-E-T-T-O-R.com, and then use the code 5RSN. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. All right. Let's get to the bench first because obviously Spoh's going to stagger some guys. So whatever you think of Victor Oladipo's fit on offense and whether or not he looks like he's got his first step right now, which to me he does not, we saw him get thrown into a moving train last year and defend the hell out of guys. Okay. And then you've got Gabe Vincent. So you have the potential for two sort of elite point of attack defenders. I mean, Gabe is somebody that Trey young cited for Gabe, not being uh, part of the, the poster basically uh, of the heat in the playoffs on social media. And you've got Max Struess who, uh, you know, there's, there's variance on this. I think, I think people, uh, they watch Max and he looks like a better defender than Duncan. Some of the metrics are not necessarily better all the time, uh, but there is more athleticism there. And then Deadman does what he does. Okay. Provide, you know, as long as he is the backup five, which I think he's going to be for a little while, at least until I believe his contract ultimately be packaged and maybe Yurt gets that role. Um, and then you, you potentially have Duncan coming off the bench. I don't know what the roles are going to be for Jovic and Kane and others, but Kane looks like he has a chance to be a really dynamic defender for them in spot minutes. But let's just get to the bench group. Can they play that bench group together, which is not something Spo typically does. They typically run two starters with a bench or one starter with a bench. That's During the big three area, he always ran. He would always like take – he'd go with four bench guys, but he had really elite bench guys. He had Norris Cole, Ray Allen, Chris Anderson, and Shane Battier. 
And he would basically play him three minutes with Dwayne and then Dwayne would come out and then they play three minutes with LeBron. Well, that's a pretty good anchor. Um, he may do that with Jimmy. He may do that with Bam. Okay. He, he may do that with Kyle at times, but with that being said, uh, if they roll out, say, a four or five grouping, can they be good defensively with that group, or does he need to stagger? I think they can. I actually think they match up pretty well defensively, I guess, on the bench line. The reason I say that is because, uh, once again, Dwayne Dedman, if he's the back of big or if it's Omer Yurt's been, they're going to be in drop. What do you need when you're playing drop with those type of bigs? You need uh, good kind of screen navigators on the ball, defenders, and that is Gabe Vincent, and that is Victor Oladipo. Like, you want to put them in the screen, they're going to fight over or under, and they're going to be right on you because they're both elite on-ball defenders. Uh, I think with, with Vic specifically, there's a little bit more to discover, I guess, off the ball, like the times where there's laps, lapses. But the one thing he does not have any issues with is when he's on the ball. Like, if there's an isolation he's guarding it, I'm taking Vic most times, nine times out of ten. Like, that, that's just how good he's been. On the ball, he is not – basically, right when he came back last season, he looked like that. Uh, and we know what Gabe can do on that end. The other part of this is something I've been talking about all offseason is uh, the 2-2-1 press. Basically, it's something they can do a ton of with with kind of Vic and, and Gabe at the top of that. What does that usually lead into? It leads into a 2-3 zone, and I think they feel really comfortable with either Deadman or Amir kind of staying plugged into that little uh, zone at the bottom under the rim because – then you're putting him in less actions. You're not having him defend pick and rolls over and over. You just have him sitting under the rim, uh, and you kind of let your other four guys run around and rotate around that zone. Uh, but the truth is you can't go zone most of the time. Like zone is stuff you got to just kind of spring on people and then kind of catch them by surprise. Uh, so that's why I come back to the drop. I think they can dis- dissect it really well. And you talk about kind of mixing things in and out. The reason I think – I really believe we see Jimmy with the bench unit a lot this season, and, and you mentioned that, but I think – uh, I think they take Jimmy out early within the sub process, probably maybe for, for Depot or something along those lines. I think they want to keep Tyler and Bam on the floor together as much as possible. Uh, and then they'll loop back after Tyler and Bam go to the bench. Probably Jimmy subs back in. It's probably uh, next to Gabe, Depot, Struess, and Deadman. Something will probably look a lot like that, uh, especially because not just because of stuff off the court, but Jimmy and Struess have looked really well together on the floor as well. Like they have a really good connection. Uh, just with a lot of their actions. The question becomes, if that is the lineup, uh, and this goes back to your podcast yesterday about the offense, is there enough offense there? Like, can can Jimmy operate next to Depot and then now Deadman? Uh, and then is Gabe giving you a, a really good amount of three-point shooting gravity? Like, those are the questions that will have to be answered because we know what Max can do and provide spacing, but there's going to need something else there. But the defensive ability there is clear. Like, they have enough guys to be able to switch around. They can play drop. They can move things around. They can double. They can rotate. Uh, so I think they're pretty confident, I guess, with the bench lineups. I feel like there's there's enough to go to there. Uh, and then they still have the next Caleb Martin in a lot of ways. That I, I, I still come back to the fact that we talked about Haywood Ismith a ton. But Jamal Kane is going to get opportunities when guys go down. Like, he really is. And I think the things he could do defensively matches a lot of what we saw uh, with Caleb Martin last season, except I don't know if he's going to be guarding as many ones or point guards like we saw Caleb do, but he's going to be able to do stuff along the lines of Caleb in terms of kind of two through four-ish, maybe two through five-ish. So they're going to have options defensively, and that's why I was saying earlier, I think they'll have versatility because they can go to different things. But the other reason they have versatility is they have different guys they can go to down the line that just because a guy like Jimmy goes down for two games 
doesn't mean, okay, they lost this much defense because they have the defensive option. They lose an offensive guy. They have Jokic. They have an offensive guy. So this, this roster has enough options, I guess, when you look down the line. All right, let's close here. And, you know, these things tie together. You mentioned defensive lineups, offensive lineups, and how they flip them and whether or not you end up with too much offense or too much defense. I feel like we dealt with this two years ago. But it's kind of like, okay, if you play Dragic with Hero and Robinson, yeah, you're going to score, but you're going to have problems on the other end. It was our, our theory was actually Alex kind of came up with it was you can have two subpar defenders. You can't have three. You start to tilt at that direction and there's a problem. But I just want to get into something specifically in terms of helping their offense. Do you think that they can be a high turnover team this year and on, on, on the defensive end? Because I, I think they're going to need that because particularly – if they're not going to be as big as some other teams, they can't just throw the ball in the low post to somebody again, play out of that. They're going to have to get some early offense this season. They're going to have to play in transition, even though they're not going to be a fast break team. I do. Th- I, and so uh, do you think they're going to be able to create enough of sort of the skirmishes that Spolcher used to talk about with the big three teams to make it easier on offense? I think they can, because this defense is like a risky defense. They're not one of those conservative defenses. Like, if you have Jimmy Butler on the court, you're going to be a risky defense because he always talks about his timely gambles and uh, Spo gets mad at him when he does it, but obviously sometimes he gets it. Uh, and but but he literally is one of his most elite skills on the basketball court is knowing when to attack and make that double and, and kind of steal the ball and go in the other direction for an easy bucket. That is the stuff that this Heat team is going to have to take over to get those turnovers because I said earlier about doubling and rotating. Uh, that's a high risk because there's a high risk you're leaving somebody open. Uh, that guy could just hit that open man and it's an easy bucket. The other flip side of that from Miami's angle is if we put two on the ball, he can make a really risky, dumb pass and we can go in the other direction. So that's the way you kind of force those turnovers. And it's not really the uh, kind of conservative kind of possessions where you're kind of switching around and kind of ends up in a, in a miss and you go the other direction. So I think there's a possibility they can, but it's probably a lot on how many games is Jimmy Butler playing this season because Jimmy Butler's going to have to be on the floor for that to really happen because I just don't see the other angle, I guess you could say too, is Victor Oladipo. I keep thinking about that game. I, I don't know if what was a game three last year, series in the Eastern conference finals where he got like all those steals. A lot of that was when you look back over, it was Jalen Brown just losing the ball, but some of it is, is Victor Oladipo's ability to guard on the ball. Like we were just talking about before. So I think he's another guy that could create, I guess, some turnovers. He had an early steal in this first game the other night. Uh, I think it was against the Rockets. Uh, that's the way they could do it. It's kind of probably Vic. It's probably Jimmy. Uh, the issue, the reason I don't say Bam in this conversation is because when Bam switches onto somebody, they get the ball out of their hands. Like they, they take Bam out of the play at fully and they put him in the corner. So he's not really the guy that's creating turnovers as much, but I'd look at Jimmy and Vic to kind of do that this season. All right. This is the final question. Does Bam finally win defensive player of the year this year? Well, you're asking somebody that thinks he should, but will he? That's a wholly other question. How does, how does that just, happen, though? What, what, how does that happen? Other than awareness, which, again, this has been a two-year process now. The, the team was laid on it two years ago. Last year, they got out in front of it. It still didn't help, ultimately. I, I mean, I, I, part of me says, first thing, people need to realize Marcus Smart isn't that good. But the other thing is that with Rudy Gobert, like that thing – I, I feel like there's going to be a surge. If Minnesota gets much better defensively, he's going to get credit for it, right? Mm-hmm. Even though I think that the fit between him and Towns is going to be a mess at times. Um, so I feel like it's the two of them. I don't feel like Phoenix is going to be as good this year, which kind of takes Mikel Bridges out of the equation You know that he was in last year. There's not going to be any sentiment to vote for Draymond. 
uh, this time around. I think that's cooked to a certain degree. So there are some things that would be in his favor. I I just feel like they'd have to me, they have to get off to a good start first to build a little bit of momentum here, but top five defense and, and maybe and top two in the East. And we have that conversation or no. I mean, they were a top five defense last year, so I don't yeah. know how much weight that really holds. I guess the thing they said last season, though, it wasn't anything else other about his skill set. It was the the games missed. That yeah. was the the excuse there. But I really think you, you hit on Gobert. They're gonna hype up this Gobert thing like a ton yeah. because there's gonna be the, the he's the new face on a new team. There's gonna be the the element where Towns is playing the four and he's gonna get blown by a ton. And and Gobert's gonna have a lot of highlight blocks covering up for Towns. Like there's just going to be so much of a push for Gobert that I think that's the guy that's ultimately going to be uh, at the top of this thing. But now I think I just don't know what, when you ask about what he could do to change anything, like, I don't know what he can do. Like, I don't think there's anything differently that he can do here. I, I have one thing and it's crazy and it makes no sense. He can score more. It's completely stupid, but it will put him in the spotlight. That that that's how this award tends to work at times. If he scores more, he's likely an all-star. People are talking about him, and there'll be a push to claim that Bam is a top 15 overall player, and there may be a, a, a push to cement that by giving him a defensive player of the year award. This this is what happens. This is how in baseball Derek Jeter won a bunch of gold gloves, even though he couldn't move three feet left or right when he was playing shortstop. Uh, because he got noticed because of the other things. If Bam averages 20 plus, I think he wins defensive player of the year. It makes no sense. I'm not advocating for it in that regard. He should win it anyway, but I think that's the way that it works. All right. Thanks to Brady. Make sure you check out the offense episode with Alex. We got a stream coming up. Um, if, if you hear this after the stream, you can still catch it on the YouTube channel. It's at seven o'clock on Tuesday night uh, before the season. Brady, Alex, and I will all be at the season opener on Wednesday. A little bit of a different format we're using Wednesday, but look for a short podcast on this on this feed, all these feeds after the game on Wednesday night. Brady and I will be putting that together. Greg will be actually be found on the YouTube channel. It's going to take some time to get used to all this, everybody. But the point is you get more content on the Miami Heat here than anywhere else. Probably any outlet in the country is covering a team, more, uh, not covering it more than we are. So check it out. Uh, again, our sponsors, we appreciate them. MarkBrownPA.com, M-A-R-C-BrownPA.com. Prize picks, use the code 5-F-I-V-E. And, of course, uh, BetterEdge.com, use the code 5-R-S-N. Get your free money. Have a good night or day or season. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.